Welcome to the Home Project Podcast, where we talk about cultivating a thriving home and developing meaningful relationships. I'm Kelsey Harris, a therapist in training. And I'm Alicia Anderson, an intentional homemaker, helping women feel confident in authentic home life. This is where everyone has a seat at the table. Welcome to the first ever Home Project Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening, and we wanted to start off just by sharing a bit about who we are and giving you a chance to get to know us. I'm Alicia. I've been married for 26 years to my husband, Jamie, and I have two adult children. Of course, you being one of them, my firstborn, my beloved, and my wonderful son, Jaden, who's 19. So we live in Tennessee and have um, two puppies. Oh, yeah. Chloe and Shadow. Shadow the Diva. Yes, Shadow the Diva. Um, he is a extra add-on that we didn't think we were going to have any more dogs and decided one day to say yes to this little pup. And he has definitely been the delight of yes. our home. He's he, the baby. <laughs> spoiled rotten. Um, we've always had big dogs and Shadow's this little puppy. He's a mini Aussie doodle. And... Um, so it's been fun for our family to have a lap dog, we call him. Because <laughs> We've never had a dog you can hold and cuddle. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a lot of fun. So he's kind of steals our attention many days mm. because he's just that. But we love Chloe too. We do love. She's, she's the OG the, girl. Yeah, the OG, we say. <laughs> but she is getting she's old. She's old and crinkly and not as yes. soft as Shadow, but we still love her. I love doing creative things. I love to cook. I love um, plating things in a way that, is artistic. Um, Blows your socks off <laughs> is what she means. I, I say I love to play with food because I like to take something that's just plain and boring and elevate it by the way we played it. Um, I find it a, a fun challenge to myself and I find it very therapeutic. Most people would maybe not say that about food, but for me, that is definitely like a space where I can relax and enjoy and find that to be exciting. Um, I love to do Painting, I'm not great at it. Been recently discovering watercolor. Mm-hmm. Definitely a beginner. Um, but I'm also in a season of self-discovery. Um, Kelsey and I were just talking about this. Like I am redefining what I look like, who I am, and even just a season where God's taking me um, some out of some places where I have put my identity in things that were not the best and really rediscovering myself in him. So I'm, I'm still in this season of like, who am I right now in this season of my life, nearly 50 years old and like kind of a fresh slate of like just rediscovery. So it's exciting. So who knows like what else is going to be in the books for that, but you'll get to kind of take this journey with us. Um, I also um, have been a worship leader. I love music. I love specific worship, specifically worship. Um, but I do love to just sit and play the piano and um, love to sing. I teach some lessons right now, piano and voice too, which is fun to be able to invest into the generations behind me. So tell us about yourself, Kels. Oh, I was so like engaged in what you were saying. I wasn't even thinking about myself. Um, well, my name's Kelsey. I am 24 and I'm married, been married for about a year and a half to my sweet husband, Jordan, who I met at ministry school or a marriage school, as some people like to call it. (laughs) Um, I went to Bethel's School of Ministry when I was 17. That radically changed my life. And then we ended up here in Tennessee, 
thing to the, the fam. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun to live nine minutes down the road from your mom when you're an adult. Because I can hang out with her and then I can go home when I need space. But yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> best I, of both worlds. Best of both worlds. I love to bake. I, I would say I'm like good at cooking, but I more thrive in baking. I just like creating things they turn out good most of the time nine times out of ten although the other day i tried to make bagel thins um because i thought oh you know like they have bagel thins at the store but i want sourdough version and they just when you boil them the dough was so thin that they like folded on each other and they look so wonky so i say nine times out of ten stuff turns out but i actually have a business with that selling sourdough locally and yeah, I'm working towards a master's in professional counseling. Recently graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. Um, I'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But yeah, loving my life. Just nice. doing, hanging out. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you tell me, what are you passionate about? What am I passionate about? Well, I, like I said, love creative things. I love to be able to invite people into our home or even just create spaces. It doesn't have to even be at our house where people can come and feel um, loved on. They can feel the intentionality. Um, it's really important to me to, when when I invite someone over, to know about them before they come. Mm-hmm. So often I will ask questions um, to find out what kind of foods they like or don't like. Or if we're just having conversation and someone mentions maybe a favorite item or a favorite, I don't know, I love lemon desserts or something, I'll make a note in my phone about that person. So I kind of have a log going of acquaintances and friends of conversations and just little things that I take note of. Because for me to have someone, say even for a coffee, and I know that lemon desserts are their favorite then I want to make them lemon cookies. So just finding ways, and it doesn't always have to be food related, but finding ways to be intentional, Mm -hmm. like intentionality. I know we've talked about this. Um, We've created a new love language. (laughs) And for me, my love language is intentionality. I like to be that way with people and have also discovered in the last few years that that's important to me, that people are intentional towards me. Um, so that's one thing I'm passionate about. And even if it's a simple thing, like, you know, our neighbor's sick, just wanting to be able to like put a bag of groceries on their front porch or drop some soup off, do things that just will allow people to feel, feel like they are seen and loved and valued. Yeah. I love that. Um, I would say for me, I am passionate about a lot of different things, but a main theme that seems to always show up um, throughout my life is just I'm really passionate about seeing people get freedom. Mm. And that this can be like spiritually free from, you know, bonds, like strongholds, stuff like that, or just emotionally free from pain um, and things like that. So right now my goal with um, getting my master's is to become a therapist and to become a trauma specialist for children especially. Um, I think there is a big need. I know there is a big need for child therapists. There are not a lot of them if you look anywhere. And the ones that do exist um, are charging a pretty nice price because they're the only few out there. Um, So my dream is just to be a resource and hopefully a more affordable resource. I'm still learning. I don't know all the details of everything, but if I 
when I go to petition the Lord, it's that I could be an affordable resource for kids that are hurting foster kids, kids that have been through abuse and neglect. I feel like there's just a need for more of treatment that's there and also maybe a new treatment that would be helpful. I think this really started for me with my first job I ever did. I guess technically it was my second job. Um, I was a teacher's aide in the morning and then I was a nanny um, to a family of seven kids, which was the wildest (laughs) but also most beautiful season of my life. I Four of them were foster kids um, that had been through a lot of trauma and abuse. And in the area, I was kind of like the child whisperer. Mm. Everyone knew that I had my babysitting tricks. I would show up with a bag full of stuff. Um, but when I went to go nanny with these kids, these, the four foster kids did not respond well to any of my tactics that I was known for. Um, and I was very puzzled and I began to ask the Lord for strategy of what to do. And at this point in my life, I was 16, I think. And I don't think that I had, I knew the Lord could speak to me, but I didn't know for sure that he did at that point. And so this season is also when I learned that Jesus could just be your friend and he would talk to me because he would give me ideas like, do this with this child, say this to this child. And, you know, I would do it and then it would like miraculously like change their behavior. And I'm like, wow, okay. Or, and he also led me into researching how does a child's brain develop differently when they've been through trauma? And I learned all of this and that really started my passion for psychology And I didn't really think that I would go into it as a career at the time. I had my heart set on going to Bethel and leading worship for the rest of my life, which um, not to say that I won't lead again at some point, but the Lord has really brought me full circle. um, Just kind of putting that desire in my heart to see kids change and gain freedom and have that moment of recognition of they're loved, they're safe, like that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of fueled my passion, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Is there um, anything in your life that brought you to intentionality? There is one specific story that I'm going to share that actually really, I think, made me realize how much I love intentionality. Um, When I was younger, probably maybe 9 or 10 years old, um, my parents had told us they were having a dinner that was some special guest coming. And we were, I was a pastor's kid, so... We had people over at the house all the time, so this was not uncommon, but on this particular day, my parents, my mom pulled out the china, um, which I always knew if the china got pulled out, it was going to be an extra special dinner. Um, We were having, like, I don't know, special guests. So um, china was out. My mom pulled out the cloth napkins, which, again, that was really fancy if we had the cloth napkins out, not just your disposable, you know, traditional napkins. Um, candlesticks, everything. And so I could feel this excitement this day. And normally my parents were forthright with the details of who was coming, but this day they were kind of being cryptic about who was coming. They just kept saying, oh, there's some special guest. Um, I don't know. They said like, you don't know these people very well or whatever. <clears throat> and so we watched my mom kind of set the table that day and prepare the meal. And I couldn't wait for the end of the day to come because I knew that's when our guests were going to arrive. And we lived in this small little town on a corner lot. So our house was two stories. And so you could see basically down two sides of, you know, the street, 
going two different ways. So I remember going upstairs to look out my bedroom window, which is where you could pretty much see the whole neighborhood from. And I just remember looking out the window, waiting with such excitement for these mystery guests to arrive. And I sat up there, I'm sure it was probably five, 10 minutes. It felt like an eternity waiting for the street lights or for the car lights to come down the street. Um, and no one, like the streets were empty. No, no one was coming. And I was getting like this excitement, but also like, where are they? Like, why are they taking so long? Um, and then suddenly my parents came upstairs where me and my sisters were at and said, actually, you guys are the guest of honor. And at first I was like, what? Like confused. But they took us downstairs and they said, we have set the special meal for you guys. We want you to know how much we love you. And they took the night to just love on us, um, tell us how they believed in us, tell us some things about us. Um, and just like what they saw in us. And that night was so impactful for me because I saw the intentionality that my parents um, gave us in the gift of just encouragement and loving on us and speaking into us. And um, it marked me in a special way. And I really like can look back from that point on. Intentionality became a really important thing to me. And I continued to like do things like we loved doing breakfast in bed for my parents. That was like, I don't know, a thing that I just found to be so exciting. And um, even there was this one time we did breakfast. I woke my sisters up. I'm like, we're going to go surprise mom and dad with breakfast in bed. I had set my alarm. We got up. We quietly were in the kitchen making breakfast. And we go into my parents' bedroom with this tray of food. And as we walked into their bedroom, they had one of those old digital alarm clocks where you can see the time. Mm -hmm. I look at the clock and it says like 3.30 a.m. <laughs> Somehow my alarm had, I had accidentally set it for the wrong time or the time was off. Um, I thought it was like 6.30 in the morning and it was actually in the middle of the night. Oh my goodness. Uh, but my parents were so sweet. They ate breakfast at 3.30 in the morning and went back to bed. Um, but I love doing things like that and just creating experiences for people. And I think even as kids, you guys started to do that, which was really fun to like be a recipient of those kinds of fun things as well. But yeah, so back to the dinner, that really is what created that excitement in me to kind of experiment with intentionality and then just really become part of my life message. I love that that's how intentionality came about for you. Um now we're going to move into some fun questions, just so you can get to know random facts about us. So, Mom, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, one food. That's tough. Okay, well, I would say it's a tie between Mexican, which I know is not mm -hmm. one food. It's a type of food. Mm -hmm. But I, I do absolutely love Mexican food. And fun fact, Kelsey does not love Mexican food. So no, we tease her that how could you be part of, well, not part of our family, but from us because, and not love Mexican because both Jamie and I, if we don't know where to go for lunch, we're like Mexican. Yep. Yeah. Easy. So that's it's like all an, of their picks. We love a good chip and salsa and all the things, but I also equally love a good filet steak. So yeah. that's why I say it's a, a close tie. I guess if you could combine the two, Ooh, like, like Filet carne fajitas. asada tacos, yeah, mm -hmm. or like carne that. asada made with filet, which I know is not the norm, but that would be super delicious. How about you? What is your favorite? I think mine is also a tie between filet, yeah. like a good 
seared filet with a butter based, you know, kind of yeah. rosemary action. Um, and some like really buttery, no good for you mashed potatoes or breakfast food. I am pretty obsessed with breakfast. Um, I love all forms of breakfast except for casseroles. Um, I think I, in, in ministry school, like five out of seven nights of the week, I would just make a breakfast bowl (laughs) because, well, A, it was easy and cheap. And also I just loved it. Um, I even liked breakfast so much that I had it at my wedding for dinner, breakfast for dinner. So it was amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I could pick and I don't want them combined because I don't want steak and eggs. Yeah. That would not be good. Yeah. Fun thing is when the kids were growing up, Jamie did not like breakfast for dinner. That's just not something he grew up with. So anytime dad wasn't going to be home, our default was to have breakfast for dinner. Yes. And that was, became the thing Mm -hmm. when, oh, dad's gone tonight. We're having breakfast. (laughs) Or if nothing else, I feel like. Most Sunday nights we do breakfast. That is true. Which I know, I think it was from your family, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to continue that tradition on in my own family. I think it got to the point where, well, we had back then, we had a Sunday morning service. My parents were pastors, as I mentioned earlier. And then we had a Sunday evening. So by the time we got home, my mom like had hosted people for lunch and we, you know, had a quick nap, mm-hmm. gone back to church, and then we got she home. Was tired. And, and she was tired. <laughs> she was like, we're just going to have breakfast sandwiches. So that literally became the thing every Sunday or BLTs. Yeah. Um, they're so easy. They and are. Delicious. And so it's just been a, a thing to naturally kind of follow yeah. on with as well. So see, okay, that's why I made the bagel thins because I was yeah. trying to make a breakfast sandwich, Ooh, but I yum. didn't want like a thick bagel, you know? So could you? Take a regular bagel and just slice well, it in half. I know then you don't, you'll yeah, have one then, top. So that would be. I mean, I've done before where I take a thick bagel and I kind of like cut the middle out. Yeah. And have the top and the bottom. But then I just feel like I'm wasting the middle disc. Or, or I guess you could just an idea. Eat it. Take half the bagel, slice it in half, and make the bottom of the top half the base. I'm getting too complicated. I'm not sure I know what you're saying, but I believe that it's a good idea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Moving on to the next question. Yes. What is your favorite board game? Favorite board game. Well, our family loves to play games, so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of games. people. (laughs) Let me think. I think right now my favorite board game is Ticket to Ride. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I do love a good card game, but I also really enjoy that game. It takes a little bit of strategy, but also just... A good yeah. game to interact with. If you each don't other. know what that game is, I'll briefly describe it for you. Yes. Basically, you have a board um, that's like a map, and they have different versions, but the standard version is just like a map of the USA. And then there's little routes from like New York to Atlanta or like Miami to San Francisco. And then you have a color train, and everybody else has trains, and you play like cards and gather cards in yes. order to put your trains and get from your complete your routes and yes. beat everybody else it's very fun and it's fun because there is a digital version as well which i prefer the actual board game but yeah. during covid kelsey and jordan lived in california so it allowed us we would literally get on zoom remember that on zoom and play it on our phones <laughs> and you could play all these people remotely so we would spend a yeah, couple could, hours like, join somebody else's game that you knew and it was a great way to stay connected and still have our family nights, even though we were in completely different states. So those were some fond memories. Yes. Actually, it was the first time we actually met Jordan was on yes. Zoom. He <laughs> felt very stressed out. Yeah. That's when we were just dating. Not, not the best to way to meet someone the first time, but we still. It was a weird time. Fun. We had to do what we had to do. Yeah. So <laughs> how about you? What is your favorite game? My favorite game right now 
is Dutch Blitz, which I know is technically not a board game. It's a card game, but it's so fun. And I didn't used to like it, but <laughs> we used to beg her to play it. She'd be like, no, yeah, it was everybody else's favorite game. Out. And I was like, no, no. And now I'm really good at it and I really like it. And I also think that the reason I didn't like it before is I am a recovering overfunctioner. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Um, maybe we'll dive into that at a later episode. But I think something about people who are overfunctioning is that you can kind of be in a state of overstimulation all the time. Right. So I think for me, I was going into these game nights like already overstimulated. And so then that game has a lot of stimulation and a lot of like you have to think fast. But my poor nervous system was already like, no, ma'am, we're not even going right. to do that. So I just was bad at it. And so anyways, um, yeah, working over that. And now I love it. Yes. And I want to play it right now if we could. But <laughs> um, OK, last question. What makes you feel at peace? I think there are a couple of things that at different seasons have looked different, but I love sitting down at the piano when I am feeling stressed out or even just maybe overwhelmed. For me, that's a great way for my body to release the tension. Um, I love to play out my emotions on the piano. So if I'm feeling sad, I'll sit down and just, and I don't necessarily play a song. I just play kind of free play, whatever comes out of me at the moment. So I'll, I'll play something that feels sad or if I'm feeling like I need a bit of hope, I'll play something that feels like it's stirring hope in me. Um, the other thing I love to do is if the weather's nice is to go for a walk. We have a nice neighborhood that we can walk in and or I love to go on the trails and take a walk. The last couple of years, that's become a space for me to think, pray, just talk with the Lord and just enjoy that. So, and then I love to just listen to a good worship set as well. Yeah. So that's probably one of my favorite ways to find peace um, is to be able to just sit with the Lord and some worship music. Yeah. How about you? I agree. I feel like obviously the Lord is, you know, the Prince of Peace. Yes. He is the source of all peace. But I think aside from like being in worship, being in the word, aside from spiritual peace or soul peace, I guess, if yeah. you will. If we're just talking about like mental peace and stillness, I really enjoy listening to piano music. Mm. I don't have a piano at my house and I am not as magically skilled as my mother when it comes to playing on the piano. And so I like to listen to classical music, which people make fun of me for sometimes, but it's fine because I love it. Yeah. And especially if I'm working on something and I just feel like my mind has a lot of things in it, I like to listen to classical music and I have a I have a peaceful piano playlist I follow on Spotify and I literally feel like as soon as I play it and then try to focus it's like boom it's like laser focus I don't know it just quiets everything else that's and nice. allows me especially when I'm writing papers that's like the main thing. So we want to just briefly cover what is the home project. You might be asking this question, you might be wondering, um, we're excited to share with you as we venture this journey into the home project. It is a place created for women to grow in their identity and purpose. We want to teach women how to make space for themselves and then also for others, um, bringing awareness to our feminine nature and what that means. Um, we want the home project to be a place that empowers authenticity and disarms comparison. There's so much around us that is constantly um, inviting us into comparison and honestly, it is a rob a robber 
It robs us. Yeah. I think that's a better way to say. Mm-hmm. It robs us of being authentic, the authentic version of ourselves. And so really that's our heart is to want to give you the authentic version of ourselves, yeah. but also invite you to do the same. A place where we can even champion each other to be authentic and to celebrate one another rather than compare with one another. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think in this world of influencers that are rising, there's also a group of people that are longing just for realness and yeah. to see people not um, poised and posed and filtered. Right. So what yeah. we see is not always the reality of what is. Yeah. And we just want to bring that through our platform. So this will look different. We're going to have a bunch of different resources, courses, blogs, this podcast and more. Our vision is really to look at the home project like a house, different rooms, and each room will represent a different part of our lives. And this house is going to be one that we are constantly building and renovating. So there's always going to be new stuff coming out, um, new things being added to the to the home. The first room that we are going to start with to release is the dining room. Yes. That one's going to come out soon. Keep an eye out for a launch date. And for us... The dining room is really a significant place to start because we really want people to feel like they have a seat at the table. At the table, we discover that people are more than the positions they hold, the facade they put on socials, or the things that they do. You might be wondering, what table are you talking about? Not the one from Crate and Barrel that I love. (laughs) Even though that one's nice. What we're really talking about is um, the community found in the Bible. We're talking about the dinners around your own table or the tearful conversations on your couch. I really want to invite you to think of the table, not just as a physical table, but more as a meeting place for hearts to come alive. We want you to recognize your role at this table and then teach you how to create these meeting places in your own home. So that's kind of our heart for starting with the dining room. We can't wait to release it um to stay up to date you can follow us on instagram at thehomeproject.co you can follow us on this podcast we're going to be posting episodes weekly that you can listen to you can go to our website um, www.thehomeproject.co and sign up for our newsletter and you will get more info and you'll be able to stay up to date with what we're doing that's great thanks for listening